everybody, and welcome back to the CCPL podcast. I, as always, am your host. Uh, your host. <laughs> I am your host, Kirsten Real, branch manager of the Carter County Public Library in Beaufort. I am so sorry that it's Monday, and that's just how I talk on a Monday. <laughs> well, I mean, this, I know this doesn't go out on a Monday, but, but uh, yeah, I'm recording on a Monday. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, let's try this again. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in again to another episode of our podcast. We try to bring you interesting podcasts, things that we think you'll enjoy. Of course, we're we're a library. So, what do we like? We love books. What else are we going to talk about? Let me tell you. I'm going to talk about books. I'm going to talk about some of my favorite books. And this week, last week, we did a podcast talking about Nora Roberts' books and some of the books that I would recommend from Nora Roberts. Well, this week, you know what? We're continuing on that theme of great books by different authors. And we're talking about Stephen King because I love Stephen King. And quite frankly, horror is appropriate all year long, not just at Halloween. Now, there's a little caveat. I love Stephen King, but not all of the books I'm going to talk about today did I like. (laughs) And there's a reason for that. There is a reason for that. See, I am of the opinion that everybody has their own opinion. That just because I liked something or hated something, that doesn't mean that somebody else is going to love it or hate it. So if I don't talk about those books that I didn't like, then you're missing out on so many different books. And quite honestly, there's not like a whole lot that I didn't like. Maybe I didn't like it for a specific reason, and I'll explain that reason to you. But I always encourage people after I'm done, go read it yourself. You know, don't let me color your opinion of it. Go read it yourself, and then let me know. What did you think of it? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Did you have no feelings toward it whatsoever? Like, what's up? (laughs) So I do encourage everybody to read these books after I'm done talking about them. I think they're... They're worth talking about, even if they aren't loved. They are worth talking about. Because Stephen King is a great writer. He really is. And quite honestly, he get, I think he gives some of us the, the chili willies. And if he doesn't give me the chili willies, okay, great. Because, you know, I'm not going to lie. A couple of his books, there's been a moment or two where I'm like, yep, mm-mm. There, there are some... <laughs> Some things <laughs> that are chilly, really. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, okay. Sorry. In a, I don't. Know. <laughs> Sorry. There's one particular scene that I'm thinking about in one of his books that's that's giving me the chilly willies right now. I'm not gonna lie, because it was, oh, it's a little terrifying. But um, I think it's just because I have such an active imagination that when I'm reading these books, I'm picturing it so well, and it's just a little creepy. <laughs> Okay, anyway, back to my list. So these are books by Stephen King that I have read and enjoyed or not enjoyed, but I did think that they were worth talking about, even if I didn't necessarily enjoy them. So without further ado, here is my list. And right out the gate, I'm going to talk about my absolute favorite ones, because why not? And at this point, it's <laughs> it's one of his famous ones, even if you've never read it. You've heard about it, all right? It's The Shining. 
I loved this book so much. <laughs> like, I had seen the movie for years before I read this book. And once I read this book, I realized why so many people are divided on it. I think that one of the great things about this book <laughs> is the in-depth character development. Like, it's just so compelling. Not only is the book just well-written and the horror is on point, it's just the character development. You get into the psyche of this man, okay? You, it's He's not black and white. It's not a black and white character. So I think when you're watching the movie, Jack Torrance is a very, he's, it's a very black and white situation. He's just a bad guy. Like, you get the creepy vibes from him from day one <laughs> that you even meet this guy. He's just creepy from start to finish. So it's kind of understandable that he went, you know, bonkers at the hotel. But in the book, he's given so much more to work with. Like, you really understand that it's not black and white. He's not, it's not that he's a completely bad guy. Then there were some, some circumstances that led to him being the way he was. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. It's just that, well, I mean, there is wrong with it, but it's not his fault completely is what I'm trying to go for. It's just not. And so, oh, I love this book. Okay, so for those who don't know, maybe there are people out there who don't know. I don't know. So I'm going to give a quick summary. So it's this guy who is a writer, and he's searching for a, secu a secluded place to be able to work on his writing. So he gets offered a job at a remote hotel in Colorado that to be a winter caretaker that will isolate him. But it's not just him. It's him and his wife and his son. And they're going to be there for months. Like once a certain month, I think it's like November or so, there's usually this huge snow that will come through and snow them in. And they'll be snowed in for months. But they need somebody to be there because there's a boiler there that if it's not tended to will explode. So they have to have a winter caretaker for this place. So he's like, you know what? Months of isolation. I can totally work on my book. And all I have to do is maintain this boiler. I can so do that. You know, I don't even, they don't even have to clean and stuff. Or they just have to, he just has to maintain the boiler. He's like, I can totally do that. So they go, you find out that there was some trouble beforehand, before all of this, the story started, there was some trouble with him and his drinking. He had a problem with it. And he hurt Danny, the son, at one point. It, so there's there's already some mistrust going on between the wife Wendy and Danny and and Jack. There's there's just some mistrust there. So they get to the hotel. Once they get there and they are isolated, after a time you realize that the hotel isn't quite what it seems. Things are happening that uh, you know it's. It's interesting because it spins it. The, the Shining can be taken in so many different ways. And I think that's one reason why it's so popular, why it's so great. And I'm going to tell you something. It's why it's so well written. <laughs> because when you're reading this, you're going, you don't know if it's in his head or if it's the actual hotel is haunted. Like, you're not sure. <laughs> and I think the movie tries to make it more like the hotel is haunted and it, definitively the house is haunted. But 
in the book, it's not so black and white. You're like, okay, is the hotel haunted or is Jack just losing his mind? Is the isolation getting to him? And it's, it's compelling. You're, you're trying to figure out this mystery of what's actually happening at the Overlook, you know, what's going on with the characters, but what's also going on with the hotel? What's up? Why do they got, why are all these things being seen around the hotel? What's up? And then of course, Danny, who you find out has the power to shine. You know, he can read, I don't know if it's that he can read thoughts or he can hear voices that aren't there. And it's just, oh, it's, it's so well written. I can't even, like, oh, I know a lot of people have watched the movie, but I highly recommend reading the book if you've never read the book. You will get so much insight into not only Jack, but also Danny and Wendy and you'll you'll really understand parts of the movie that just don't make sense. So I, I do believe that they're both great. The movie's great. The book's great. I have to look at them as two separate entities. Like, I can't look at the book, the movie as being a representation of the book because it's just not. There are so many different, so many things that were changed in the movie. And quite honestly, it's one reason why I didn't like Dr. Sleep because... There were so many things in the Dr. Sleep movie that should have been in the Shining movie. <laughs> like, they just took elements from the Shining book, added it to the Dr. Sleep movie, and then it was like it was, it, it just it just didn't make any sense. Not on the nostalgia tour Danny went on. I didn't like that. Sorry. It's just my own opinion. But I really, I, I oh, I highly recommend this book to anybody and everybody. I think it's his best work. That's just my opinion, but man, oh, it was on point. Oh, it was on point. So good, so compelling. It instantly grabs you when you're reading it. Couldn't put this dadgum thing down, even though I knew how it was going to end. <laughs> I could not put it down. Oh, man, highly recommend it. The Shining. <laughs> the next one I'm going to talk about, I know, again, a lot of people have watched this. All right, like a lot of his stuff has been adapted at this point. Let's just be honest. If you haven't read it, then you probably watched it. But I always say you need to read the book. You need to read the book. And the reason is, is because the movie cannot capture all the stuff from the book. It just can't. They don't have time. So you miss out on so much information that explains the story so much better. It gives you more of an idea, a fuller idea of what happened, not just that, you know, this, this event took place. No, it's the background of why that event took place. For example, this has nothing to do with Stephen King. I'm veering off for a second, but this is the absolute honest to God truth. The Red Wedding in Game of Thrones. You watch it and you think you know everything about it. But honestly, if you read the book, you get so much more information about before, during, and after the Red Wedding that makes it so much more, you just get so much more insight into why this happened, okay? Not only because Rob totally went against what he agreed to do, but other stuff that's going on that led to the Red Wedding. Man, I loved it. I mm, highly recommend reading a book, not just watching it. Read it, too. Oh, mm, okay. Sorry, I'm stuck on the Red Wedding now. <laughs> But, all right, this next one I want to talk about is It. All right, IT, It. 
I know a lot of people watched the miniseries from the 90s. I know a lot of people watched the movie that came, the movies, plural, that came out in 2017 and 2019. But I, I, mm, read the book. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I know it's like a thousand pages long. And, you know, that's basically like reading War and Peace. But <laughs> it's, it's so much more. It's so much more. And you get more information on Pennywise, not just the kids who turn into adults, but Pennywise himself. And that whole, don't even get me started on the endings of these dadgum movies, miniseries. Oh, man. And now the ending of the book was bad, too. But those movies and miniseries, man, those endings were just laughable. All right? They were just laughable. But in the book, again, the, the ending stinks. I'm not even going to lie. But in the book, you get so much more history on dairy. It's it's like at certain points of the book, not the whole book, but at, at a few chapters in the book, it almost feels like you're reading a a history of dairy, like a, a textbook of dairy. And it's interesting because you get so much more insight into why the town is messed up. Not just why the kids keep dying, Pennywise, you know, but why the adults don't seem to get it. Why the adults seem to just ignore it. You get so much more information on that. You get to understand why the town is so screwed up, you know. It, it's, it never had a chance in the first place. <laughs> it's basically what the answer to that is. But there's so much. Oh, man, there's so much. So the premise of this book, if, if for those who aren't familiar, the premise of this book is about these seven kids who, when they are young, they are, uh, one of them loses his brother, and they they start to realize that something is wrong with this town. in Derry, They're in Derry, Maine, which, of course, is a fictional town, and they, they're just, they're realizing that there's something wrong with the town, that a lot of kids go missing or just die, and there's no explanation. They There's so many who die. And then they realize that there's a pattern to it, that there's not just these kids dying, that it happens every 27 years. So they're they're realizing these things and trying to figure out why the adults don't seem to understand what's going on. Meanwhile, they're also fighting the entity that calls itself Pennywise, the dancing clown, and trying to figure out, they're, they're trying to fight it, and then once they do, and they they think that they won, they realize, no, they didn't actually win, but they, it takes 27 years for them to find out that they didn't actually win, and so they come back as adults, and then what their adult lives are like, and why their lives are like the way they are. So in the book, you get to understand why their lives turned out the way they did. In the movies and the miniseries, it just glosses over it. But you, in the book, you understand why their adult lives turned out the way they did. What happened to them while in dairy that kind of manipulated their entire life. And they have no clue. So you're reading this book just finding out so much knowledge about what's going on so I think the book is great the ending sucks so it's <laughs> it's horrible because it's like it builds and builds and builds and builds and you're just like oh man I can't take any more of this wonderfulness this is great and this is fantastic and I'm so into this and yes and then all of a sudden it's like you 
you get to the top of that roller coaster, you've been building up and building up and building up, and then bam, you're just, you're dropped down instantly, almost 180, or, or not, almost 90 degrees, and you're just like, wow, that was a letdown. <laughs> but it's such a great book, I can't even, I would tell you to read it just because of the backstory. It's fascinating. It's just fascinating. I love learning more information. Like, to me, there is no definitive number that says, okay, I don't need any more information because, you know, everything's great and groovy and wonderful. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, but that's just, that's just my, my little spiel on it. I thought it was so great. Um, oh, man, I don't know. I think it's so great. I really hope that that you read it if you've never read it before. Maybe you've watched it. I don't know. But, oh, read it. Oh, read it. It's so good. It's worth a thousand pages. Trust me. It's worth it. So, again, that was It by Stephen King. Of course, they're all by Stephen King, but still. <laughs> all right. So, the next one that I read that I did enjoy, I'm not going to lie, was The Institute, which came out within the last few years. came out in 2019. And this one, I will say, I really liked it especially considering that lately I haven't liked his books. Like the last some few some that have come out, I just didn't like them. So the Institute was a nice shift back to, I love it. It's so great. <laughs> that happy wonderfulness that I felt when reading his books. I finally went back to that. Yay. So uh, this one, the premise of this book, because it hasn't been made into a movie yet, so I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> give a synopsis on this one. But this one is all about a kid who gets snatched in the middle of the night and finds himself in this place called the Institute. And when he gets there, he meets all these other children, and they start to, he's, he's questioning, you know, what's up? Why was I taken? What's going on? And at first, he's not given any information as to why he was taken. But it turns out that all of the children who have been taken have some sort of power, for lack of a better word. It's like they have this innate ability that the Institute is trying to manipulate and take control of. So in his case, he's telekinetic. And all the other kids, they they have this disability and it's it's diving into you know the the backstory of the institute and what the institute is all about and why they're taking the children uh what the bigger mystery of it all is you know well who runs the institute and what are the nefarious purposes that they're wanting this thing for and do the kids get out do they survive do the kids survive the the probing that's going on like it's there I mean they're being tested and it's I just oh I love this thing so much like one I love the main kid <laughs> I think if you've got a kid as your main character if you don't write them in such a way that is relatable then I am not going to be with that you know I I just can't of course, I'm also one of them people, your main character's got to be a good character anyway. There's got to be something about this character that makes me want to keep reading. Because that's the character we're following. That is the character that we have no choice but to follow. Because that's the whole book, is this character. So 
So if your character is not compelling, I'm not reading. So this kid, I liked this kid. <laughs> he was like, you know, questioning everything. You know, why am I here? What's going on? You know, what's what are you really wanting from me? You know, don't accept the happy-go-lucky people who, or who, adults who are telling me that everything's fine. No, everything's not fine. I was kidnapped, all right? I was kidnapped, and now you're experimenting on me. So what's up? <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I'm like, yes, kid, you got it. Don't take, don't take their, their, you know, whatever they're dishing out. Don't take it. Mm-mm. No, this is nefarious. There's something nefarious going on here. And so the other kids were great, too. Like, you you have, it, I feel like in every Stephen King novel, there's a bully somewhere. There's a bully somewhere. We know that it's, things are going to happen, and it's going to be, you know, all whatever. But but I do like the kids in this book. They though for the most part the kids are just hilarious and there's there's so much going on that I you just you you can't help but root for these kids and hope that they get out and then figure out the mystery yourself. Like when you're reading this and you're trying to figure out what in the world is going on too. Like the it's almost like the information is being given to you in the same way that it's being given to the kids and the kids are having to find out the information so you're having to find out the information i love it i love it i love a good mystery i love a good anything that's got the these kind of powers that nobody knew about so now we're trying to learn as we're being experimented on i don't know i love it i thought it was great it was well written the even the ending was good, and that to me, if if Stephen King could write an ending that I liked, I'm there. Like so many of his books, I hate the ending. Like it's ugh, it's awful. So I just loved it so much. The Institute, highly recommend it. Just it is so good. Like oh man, this is on the heels of Elevation, which is a short story that he did. I did not like it. I did not like it. I didn't, one, I didn't understand it. So maybe that's the problem. Maybe I'm just too stupid to understand it. But honestly, I don't get it. It's something about a dude who literally floats off. Like, I don't know. It made no sense to me. But okay. Then there was the, oh man, the the Outsider. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and talk about The Outsider. Okay, so The Institute was great, all right? That was 2019. Highly recommend it. The Outsider, I hated that novel. I hated it, Stephen. I'm sorry that I'm not sorry, but I hated this book, and let me tell you why. <laughs> the summary of this book is that there's a guy who ends up being arrested for murder, he murdered somebody, except he didn't. And there are witnesses who can say that he was not where they said, where the footage, there's footage of him killing somebody. Yet there are witnesses that say he wasn't there at that time. So they're trying, the police are trying to figure out, how is that even possible? How did he, we have him on film in this place killing this dude. But we have him, we have witnesses who say, no, he was not there he was here at this time. There's no way he could have killed somebody because he's literally at 5.05, he's killing this guy. But at 5.05, he's standing in the office. You know, there's 
so they're trying to figure out what's going on, and then as they're doing that, they're realizing that there are other cases where that same thing has happened, where somebody has killed someone, and yet they weren't there when the killing took place. So they're trying to figure out what is going on, how is this even possible, they're following the trail, they, you meet new characters and old characters. There are some new, some old characters from previous Stephen King works. So, in a way, you're like, oh, okay, cool. It's all nostalgic, cool. But at the same time, okay, this is why I hated it, okay? This is why I hated it. The premise of the book sounds great. Like, honestly, I was there. I heard that description, and I'm like, yeah, totally. How is that possible? Let me tell you how it's possible. Magic! So it was it was interesting up to a certain point. It's like, okay, so the guy kills someone, and yet somehow is in two places at one time, apparently, and you're trying to figure out how this is possible, and very early on, it's insinuated that this is magic, that there's some sort of creature that is doing this. It's not just insinuated. Like, it is, you figure out pretty dadgum quick it's a creature. There's some sort of creature that is doing this that can somehow change its form into the into a person, into into a specific person. And it somehow gets power from the act of doing that from from killing someone in the form of someone else it, it somehow gets power from that and you're like okay cool beans i'm i can get behind this i mean it's a little weird but i can get behind this it sounds like a stephen king thing sure but then so much of the book is a detective story so it's a detective story but it's also got that supernatural element in it. I don't like that. I don't like a book that is, because they're actually doing the work of a detective. You know, pounding the pavement, talking to witnesses, uh, taking statements, um, going and looking at files, and, and cross-referencing files, and looking at fingerprints. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm fine with a detective story if it's just a detective story. I'm not cool with a detective story. That is a supernatural story. <laughs> because how are you going to be pounding the pavement, taking witness statements, and doing all these other things when it's a supernatural dude? Like, you ain't going to be able to find that information. You ain't going to be able to fingerprint this thing and get its actual fingerprints. You ain't going to be able to do that. Like, what's up? So I, <laughs> nobody in their witness statement to you was going to say, yeah, no, I saw this dude change faces. I'm not even lying to you. And then you're going to believe him. You gonna think that person's like on drugs or something? You ain't gonna believe that. So I was, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't like, I didn't like that mix. I didn't think that it worked well. But here's where, here's where it really made me angry. Not just that I hated your ending, like your ending sucked, but I hated this ending because, again, major, major S for spoilers. Because I'm about to spoil the ending, y'all. This is an ending that I gotta spoil. All right. This dadgum creature from the Black Lagoon, wherever the crud this thing came out of, this dadgum creature, when they finally corner it in its cave in the middle of nowhere in Texas, I think it was, when they finally corner this thing, 
they managed to kill it with a sock. I'm pausing for dramatic effect. I feel like there needs to be a pause there for dramatic effect. They killed it with a sock. With a sock full of coins. They killed this thing. Now, granted, don't get me wrong. I know that a sock full of coins is not going to feel good. But she manages to hit it one time. One time with this sock. And it's dead. And I'm like, are you serious right now? This powerful creature that you've been fighting this whole time and you made out to be like a dadgum Pennywise over here is taken out by a sock with coins in it. One hit. Not even 15 hits. One hit. Are you serious? Right now, I got so mad. I was, oh, I was, oh, I can't even describe the anger that I felt about this book. Like, this book, I'm one of them people that once I hit a certain part of the book, no matter if I like it or not, I have to finish reading. Because you made it this far, you've got to finish reading. Okay? So I had already made it most of the way through this book. And I was so tempted to put that dead gum thing down. But I was like, no, I've made it this far. I've got to finish. Oh, man. I was so mad. Wasted however many days reading this dadgum thing to find out that that was the ending. If they ever make this movie, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> because it was so bad. And most of the people I've talked to who have read it agree with me that they think it was really bad. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. But I... Just, mm, okay. I can't, I can't recommend this one. I can't because it just, it wasn't, it was like it lacked heart. I know I'm over here, like, not even able to articulate a sentence right now, but I can't explain my hatred well enough of this book. It just felt like a giant waste of time, and I don't enjoy sitting here giving my time to something that I feel is a waste. I feel like took everything from me. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I couldn't get behind it. I couldn't get behind it. And I'm sorry that I'm not sorry <laughs> that I don't recommend this book. I did not like it. Did not enjoy it. Thought it was awful. Sorry, Stephen, that I'm not sorry. All right. Let's go back. A little on the lighter side, but this one, it's not really on the lighter side. I don't know why I said it's on the lighter side. A lot of his books, they're not on the lighter side. You don't read Stephen King because you want them on the lighter side. And this book, so I've read a good number of his books, and I read them completely out of order. Like, I just, I would just grab a book, and if I happened to think that it sounded good, I read it. So this one is one of his first ones, Cujo. I read Cujo, and quite honestly, the movie did not do it justice. Like, <laughs> I'm one of them people that I can empathize with Cujo, and I do. I'm sorry. Okay, so Cujo, I think a lot of people are familiar with Cujo, too, because that's been out for years. It came out in, like, the 70s, but this dog is a family dog. That one day gets bitten and contracts rabies and then turns into a giant killing machine, right? So we all know that. I felt so bad for this dog. 
I'm reading this book. And I think the movie, the movie tries to, you know, like gloss over or whatever the fact that he was a, he was a happy puppy. But in the book, it actually goes into it. It talks about how happy he was. And he was just such a, such a loving dog. And he loved his family. And even though the, the dad of the family wasn't like the nicest person in the world, the doggy was still wonderful. And he still loved his family. And then he's just being a dog and going around the backyard one day. And he gets bitten by a bat and contracts rabies and you feel so bad for this doggy because it's going into his head like he's feeling himself change and he it goes from him in his head being all sweet and loving and wonderful to now i'm sick and i don't know why and nobody will listen to me to oh now i gotta be a raging killing monster it's so sad it's so sad and granted i mean the the what happened to the mom and the kid was bad too, but what happened to Kojo was so sad. <laughs> and Kojo is not a long book by any means; it's only like two hundred pages long. So I would recommend anybody read it because it makes you feel horrible for this dog. Okay, all you want is this dog to feel love and wonderful things, and he's killed. Because he contracted rabies, and it's just the old yeller all over again. And okay, we all know, I mean, well, we all know. The old yeller was hard. But Cujo was hard, too, all right? And it's got that element of horror in it. But man, it was so sad. <laughs> okay. All right, sorry, sorry. That was just a short spiel on that one. But I had to share. It was so sad. <laughs> Okay, so one of one of the other books that I that I've read by Stephen King that I would tell anybody to read because there hasn't been there has not been a film adaptation of this one at least yeah no there's not been a film adaptation of this one it's Insomnia and I know a lot of people go no there has been an Insomnia movie yeah but that was a totally different thing it was a totally different thing this this is Insomnia. The, oh, man. Okay, so there's this guy living in Maine. Of course he is, because oh, most of Stephen King's books take place in Maine. But uh, there's a guy living in Maine who's an older gentleman. He's in his 70s. And one day, he just starts not being able to sleep as much. He has no idea why. He just naturally stops being able to sleep as much. He's getting, you know, less and less sleep every single night. And it, <laughs> It gets down to the point where he's only getting 30 minutes of sleep a night, which would kill most of us. But the reason that it's happening is because he and he alone can save the world. And the only way that he can do it, there's like this, there's our reality, but there's a, a layer above that reality that only certain people can see. And the only way he can see this reality is to not, be able to sleep it's it it goes into why he needs to do that and it's uh i liked this book i really did actually really like this book in its in its simplicity like <laughs> at the same time that it's simple it's not it's simple but it's not simple like it's a simple story of a guy having to save the world 
But the way he has to go about saving the world is so convoluted. <laughs> so he ends up having to learn so much about this other world, this other reality that's on top of our reality. He has to learn so much about it to be able to find out the bad guy that he has to fight, then be able to get to that point where he can even fight him. And he has to be weak in the body enough to be able to help this or to be able to fight this thing. And so it's, it's interesting to me because normally if you're weak in mind, you're weak in body and you're not able to fight whatever it is. But in this case, his body had to be weak, had to be so that he could fight whatever this entity was. And so I really like this weird kind of thing where it's not a normal, it's not a normal story. You know, he's weakening, but getting stronger at the same time. And it goes into him Try going like, why is this happening to me? I'm so tired. I just want to sleep. I, I, this is crazy. This is weird. This is awful. And the the beings of this other world that are asking for his help are like, no, man, you got to fight this. You got to, you're the only one who can help us. And he's like, yeah, but why? <laughs> and so it, it goes into all of this, this stuff that comes together to make these two different realities that this guy is having to walk in. I I felt so bad for him. It made me it made you feel at the same time good for him at the same time bad for him. Good for him in that he's needed and that he is going to be able to fight this bad guy and you know save the world. Bad for him in that he is just he's an old man and he's in good shape. At the beginning of the book, it talks about how what great shape he's in, but at the same time he's an older man and he's having to deal with this crazy thing. And then what happens to him afterward, you know, like it's just, there's so much involved in this thing. It is one of his longer novels. It's really long, but it's really good. Like just the descriptions of what this man is going through and how it's messing with his mind, not just his body, but his mind. And, oh man, highly recommend it. Insomnia. It was, oh, I, I actually... <laughs> I always judge a book by if I kept it or not, if I bought a copy of it or not. So if I bought a copy and I read it and I didn't like it and I pitched it, then, okay, that was not a good book. But if I bought a copy of this book, read it, and loved it, then I kept it, you know, because <laughs> I'm going to reread it again. And this is one of those I kept because I'm like, no, it's good. Even the ending's good. Like, it makes sense to me, the ending. So I, I highly recommend that one. If you've never read it, oh, it's good. It's really good. The last one that I want to talk about briefly is another one that I I like, but I don't like. <laughs> I like it, but I don't like it. So I liked it enough to read it, but I probably won't read it again. And that's not to say that it wasn't good. It's just because I feel like this is one of those novels that you read it one time and you, you understand what's going on. You don't need to read it again. There's nothing else that you're going to glean from it that you need to read it again. And that one's 11-22-63. So I know that they made a series about it. I couldn't get through the series. I'm not even going to lie. I tried watching it. I was like, yeah, this is boring. Because <laughs> I had already read it at that point. So I'm like, I know what happens. I don't need to watch it. Uh, but it's all about the idea of what would happen if you could go back in time and change a pivotal moment in time, how would that affect the world? 
Now, don't even get me started on the dadgum Endgum debate, alright? Because Endgame was a horrible movie, and I will die on that hill, alright? It made no sense, the time travel thing. It contradicted itself, like, two minutes in. Like, I, ooh, I was so mad about that time travel thing in Endgame. They didn't do it right, they didn't do it well. I didn't like it, alright? I will die on that hill. But, in this book, in 1122-63... This guy is in this small town in Maine. <laughs> Go figure. And uh, he is um, just living his best life one day. Well, he gets asked by a friend to come over to his place. Well, he gets to the friend's place, and the friend shows him a closet that is a portal to a different, to a, a, a a time machine, basically, kind of thing. And the guy is like, what, what, what is this? And it's because this guy, where he lived, it's like on top of a portal or something to a, to another time. And he has been, for the last some years, trying to go into it and, you know, get, do something. But he's getting, he's dying. And there's no way that it's gonna that he's gonna be able to continue. So he asks this guy, the main guy, to do what he has been trying to do for years, and that is he wants to stop JFK's assassination. And as we all know, that happened on eleven twenty two sixty three. So the whole idea of of this is that this guy is supposed to go back in time and stop JFK's assassination, and then see what happens to the world when he comes back to it. After much prodding and probing, he agrees. But the problem is, is that the that the time portal does not go back to eleven twenty two sixty three. It actually goes back years before. It's like five years before or something like that. So he has to go back five years beforehand, live his life, and then get to that point where he can stop the assassination. So. It's also dealing with the fact that when he goes back in time, he is living a linear time, but when he comes back through that portal, he comes back at the same time that he went in. So he can go back in time and live five years, but when he comes back to the present, it's like no time passed. So he is getting older, but nothing else is is going on. So it's Oh, man, it go, it, there's so much involved in this book. There's so much involved in the time travel itself and the character development and what this guy's brain is doing. And then, you know, what happens if he should succeed? You know, it, I mean, the world would change. That was a pivotal moment in time. What would happen if that moment changed? What would happen to the world? Not just the U.S. What would happen to the world? There's so much involved in this. I really, I love the idea of time travel in the way, it, in how it could be done right. Not in-game, but if it's done right, and how it really can affect different things. It really, really can. It's one reason why I like Doctor Who so much. Because <laughs> uh, the idea of you have so much that you could do. You have so much that you could change, and then if you mess it up, what do you do? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you do? 
And the whole thing was is that every time this guy went through that portal and went back in time, it was a reset. So he would go through that portal, say he goes through there and he punches a guy in the face and he comes back through the portal. The next time he goes through that portal, it would be like he never punched that guy in the face. Like it never happened. So it's it's a complete reset every single time he goes through, which takes a toll on the body. It takes a toll on the person. And it's just, I thought it was really, really well done. I loved it. I, I mean, now I will say, again, it's one of those that I read it the one time, and I really did like it, but I wouldn't read it again. Like, I liked it for what it was, but there's nothing in it that I feel like I can glean from it anymore. So I wouldn't read it again. But I do recommend it. I think it's a good book. I, I just couldn't get through the series. <laughs> I couldn't get through that series. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. But uh, that was just a quick little list of some some Stephen Kings that I recommend. He's got so many. I mean, he's done. I mean, he's got a lot anyway. Period. But he's got a lot that I think are great. I just would say that his endings most of the time are awful. They're just awful. They they're they're not how I think the ending should have been done. And I know I'm not alone in that. A lot of people feel that same way. So, I don't feel alone in that. <laughs> All right. So, last week we talked about Norman Roberts. This week we talked about Stephen King. We'll see what comes up in the next week. I don't know. Maybe it'll be another author spotlight. We'll see. Hmm. So, stick around to find out more. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you for tuning in to listen to another CCPL podcast. I have been Kirsten. You've been awesome. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.